Welcome to another edition of the Cognitive Bias Podcast. I'm your host, David Dolan Thomas. Um, Today we're going to talk about survivorship bias, and I'm going to give you an example from 45 BC. This is Cicero writing on the nature of the gods, quote, Diagoras, who was called the atheist, being at Samothrace, one of his friends showed him several pictures of people who had endured very dangerous storms. See, says he, you who deny a providence, how may how many have been saved by their prayers to the gods? I, says Diagoras, I see those who were saved, but where are those painted who were shipwrecked? Right, and so the point is that survivorship bias is when you just look at those who survived and try to make some general judgment about life based on that ignoring all those who didn't survive in this case literally but really it goes for anything where like there's a failure rate and a success rate and you just sort of pretend there is no failure rate because you're ignoring everyone who failed um so one of the um historical examples of this uh, comes from World War II, a uh, statistician um, refugee named Abraham Wald uh, was asked to look at uh, damage to planes coming back from the front um, to figure out, okay, where do we need to armor up these planes to uh, make them less vulnerable to attack? Um, and, you know, some of the scientists were looking at the planes and looking where all the bullet holes were in single. Obviously, that's where they're being hit. Obviously, that's where you want to put more armor when we're building these new planes. Uh, Wald says, no, it's actually the opposite, right? Because the planes that were coming back are the planes that actually survived, right? That they were actually able to retrieve. The planes that got shot down obviously got hit in all the places where there weren't bullet holes, right? So in the engine, right? Um, and other places like that, that's where you need to armor up the planes is the places where the bullets aren't because the planes you're looking at are the ones that made it through, not the ones that didn't. So that's kind of the core of the survivorship bias, right? Is when you try to make decisions based on uh, the wrong data, right? Um, and n- another good example of this is nostalgia and the whole notion of like they don't make them like they used to. Um, and the problem with that is it sort of assumes that back in the day when things were great, like when you had Shakespeare writing, oh, everyone must have been a good writer. No, there were lots of crappy writers when Shakespeare was around, probably the same amount, same ratio today, right? Um, uh, Another good example is um, my mugs, right? I have a mug from when The Matrix Reloaded came out. Uh, Don't judge me. And... um, uh, I, it's, I still have it. Like the the painting on it is still good, right? It's not chipped. You know, it's it, it's great. Whereas you know, last year I bought a mug at Hamilton, and it's all like just it's supposed to be dishwasher safe, but it's it's just falling apart, right? Like there's all these little etches and scratches on it, and I'm like, oh, just people don't make mugs the way they used to, right? But here's the thing, right? I haven't actually taken a sample size of like all the mugs that came out back in like whenever 2003 or whenever the matrix reloaded came out versus all the mugs in the world today right i haven't done any of that math for all i know there were plenty of crappy mugs that came out you know back then and maybe even more than came out today right but because i've seen you know more uh mugs uh that i bought recently start to fall apart faster than the ones i bought long ago and again ignoring all the mugs i've probably thrown out and forgotten about in that time frame right i'm assuming oh things must have been better made back then right um another world this enters is the financial world right and so the world of mutual funds and this is apparently like a common practice so when you're trying to evaluate a mutual fund, um, the mutual fund will tell you, hey, the companies in this fund have done really well over the past 10 years. They've performed like this. But what they're not telling you uh, sometimes is that the companies that didn't actually survive, right, the companies that failed, that were there back when this fund started but aren't around anymore, 
they just folded them in, right? They folded them into the successful companies to basically hide the fact that, no, there is actually a, a worse failure rate than you think there is. So again, it's another version of survivorship bias where you're just looking at the companies that are still around and saying, of those companies, how have they performed over the past 10 years versus, hey, there are these companies that used to be in the fund that just aren't anymore because they died. Um, are you going to tell me like how they did, right? Like that's, that's, the, that's the trick. Um, and uh, in general, like rags to riches stories, right? Um, and this is what I struggle with because, you know, I did not grow up in the same economic level I am in now, right? I'm in a much better place than I was then. Um, but I can't take that to assume that, well, then it must be okay for every black man who, you know, grew up in, you know, lower middle class or, you know, whatever. And that, and that becomes, I think, an illusion, right, that people like to buy into is to say, well, you know, if people can pull them up, pull themselves up by their bootstraps, you know, I know plenty of, you know, black people who are successful, women who are successful, immigrants who are successful, so that must mean that the path to success is working, everything's fine, no need to have any kind of social safety net, nope, everything's cool here, right, because I can look at these survivors, right, of that path to say, hey, everything's fine, while ignoring all the people, the far greater numbers of people who, when they dropped out of high school, they didn't found Apple, right? Like, it's, um, so, uh, so yeah, and that's, so that, that's another version of survivorship bias that actually affects policy, right? And affects how people vote. Um, if they assume everything's fine with the American dream, they won't vote for things that support any kind of social safety net or, you know, try to, um, help people, right? Um, uh, in economic conditions. So, um, I think the real tragedy of the survivorship bias is that it basically takes the people who don't make it, right, either financially or literally, and it kind of erases their voice, right? It, it erases their experience. And, like, when we talk about the importance of representation and being woke, like, this is kind of what we're talking about. It's important to talk about the people who didn't make it, right, so that we can be conscious and make decisions based on the whole group, right, and not this tiny, tiny group of people who made it through, like, the gauntlet of financial success. And if you look at social mobility, um, that is something where it ain't like it used to be, right? <laughs> um, you see far fewer people making it from uh, one economic class that they were born into into another. The odds of you, and we talked about this in a previous episode, the odds of you um, making it from the class you were born into into uh, a higher class are just really, really depressingly low. Um, and lower in this country on average than in a bunch of others. So all that to say that it's really important that we don't let survivorship bias erase like the lived experience of like literally hundreds of millions of people. <laughs> Um, and this is something that can be like actively used against you, right? So there was an episode of Ed, who remembers Ed? Show of hands. Um, there was an episode of Ed where this, one of his clients was, was suing someone who scammed him and the scam was just devious. Basically the person got, um, a letter that correctly predicted, I think it was a baseball, that correctly predicted the outcome of a baseball game. And I was like, oh my God, okay, whatever. Then he get another one. And then another one, another one, and every single one was correctly predicting the outcome of a baseball game that was happening like the next day or later that day or something. And it's like, oh my God, whoever this person is, they must be a mystic. Like, how are they figuring this out? And finally, of course, the inevitable letter comes saying, hey, if you want to know the outcome of the next game, pay me, right? You've got to pay for the next one, right? And of course they paid, and of course, ultimately it fell apart and the prediction stopped coming true. Now, this is a really clever use of 
the survivorship bias, because basically what the scammer did was mail lots of letters to lots of people, making all sorts of predictions, right? One way or another, right? 50-50 chance, right? He just predicted, sent out all of the predictions. So inevitably, there would be a chain, right, where some of those, right, because he made every possible prediction, some of those would be true every single time for whoever got those letters, and then that person would eventually be on the hook, and if you do this enough times and you scale it, you actually have it right for lots of people. But again, it's because you're assuming the, the winners, right, those winning letters are the only ones that were sent out. You're ignoring all of the failed letters, right, that you didn't even know about. Um, so I thought that was pretty clever and devious. And another sort of version of this that you see is, you know, you see a doctor who, you know, all of his patients live, or a lawyer who wins every single case, and what you're not seeing is every time they turn down a case they think they're going to lose, or, or turn away a patient they think isn't going to survive, right? So that's another kind of, like, you know, trope of the ridiculously successful, um, professional who is actually kind of rigging it a bit by, like, avoiding you know, uh, possible, you know, non-survivors, right? Um, that'll, that'll ruin his average. So anyway, um, lots of different ways this particular bias skews. Um, but yeah, again, just watch out for survivorship bias, watch out for ignoring the people who don't make it. It's great to celebrate success, but don't ignore failure. Um, thanks so much for the Cognitive Bias Podcast. This is David Dillon Thomas, and we will see you next time. 